The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guns up, giddy up, and welcome to Failure to Stop Podcast, the number one show where police meet society and culture. Today's show is brought to you by GhostBed.com. You have stumbled into the Friday Breakdown, our flagship show brought to you by your host, Eric Tanzi, and the easy, the breezy, the beautiful Drew Breezy. Drew. Drew Breezy. <laughs> Listen, uh, Angry Me Productions podcast, Angry Me podcast, um, sent me a whole box of new Black Rifle coffee with a whole bunch of other Black Rifle coffee stuff. And uh, I'm all jacked up on caffeine today, brother. It's better than them sending you used black rifle coffee. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, just use coffee. Well, it's own. the new, the new stuff, the new, you know, the new bags. Um, and it was really tasty. But yo, black rifle, it hits different. It has, I agree, you know, more caffeine. So when I take it, it just, you know, today's day one of the new black rifle coffee stuff. So. Body's just getting used to it. I'm feeling a little bit loosey-goosey. Today, we are breaking down the Manny Ellis case. Uh, if you want to support the show, uh, the best way to support the show is simply by sharing with a friend, sharing us with a friend. We are up over 26% at this point from last month. We are growing rapidly, and we couldn't be more excited. Our Patreon is on fire. I can't thank all of you guys enough for uh, joining the Patreon, and uh, I just hope that that content is, is banger for you. That content costs money to make, and that's why we charge money to for you to hear it but we do deliver five free shows a week on this channel so you don't have to be a patreon member uh you can simply just share us with a friend or give us a five-star rating and review on the itunes or the spotify's speaking of people who share us um angry me podcast thank you for sharing us but the bar is open with Beg and greg are having their 300th episode this weekend and i believe myself and andrea Uplate will be on for a little bit of that podcast. So um, congratulations to the Bar is Open podcast with uh, Beth and Greg for having their 300th episode. And you guys can follow us over there. But they're always giving Filler Stop shout outs. So we love those guys. Uh, any news before we jump into the Manny Ellis case, Drew? Um, speaking of podcasts, I was on uh, Things Police See. If you want to take a listen and follow, that was a, it was a pretty good um, it was a good conversation. It was, a, it was nice to be interviewed instead of interviewing. Um, yes, there is a headline from the Wall Street Journal. BuzzFeed News is shutting down and Vice World News could be next. Then we learn of the following day, Vice Media prepares to file for bankruptcy. I say that this is great news for you and me because we can gobble up all those former BuzzFeed and Vice News people because I know they are big law enforcement supporters. Yeah, I feel or like there's nowhere else for them to go. Yeah, there's no, there really is nowhere else for them to go. Um, <clears throat> so it does seem that, uh, there's, there's a lot of backlash from, um, you know, all roads don't lead to Tucker Carlson. I understand that. But when, uh, when, uh, Fox news, when the Murdoch's fired Tucker, it opened up a lot of, uh, uh, it, it gave the country a peek behind the curtain of what digital media is like, what news media is like and what their intentions are. And, you know, Tucker is never one to say, uh, I'm going to be controlled by corporate media and I'm only going to say what you want me to say. So I think a lot of these um, news networks are being exposed. I, I see yesterday, by the way, that uh, 
Vice President Kamala Harris has now been named the AI czar. Uh, so oh, she's good. She's going to be tackling the AI problems. Um, oh, good. Maybe order. she'll be able to do that right. She hasn't done anything else right. In I, her I'm, entire I'm life. just. I hope she just like asks Chat GPT to like <laughs> write a speech for, you know, about school buses for adults though. You know right. what I mean? Like, and, and, and let it spit it something out and she can read that shit. By the way, that was a very funny speech that she gave in front of a whole bunch of lobbyist billionaires trying to get more money. And if, you know, for those of you who are in the dark, that speech went something, I'm not going to quote the speech, but it sounded something like, um, we have now gotten 60% of school buses. Do you guys remember? Do you remember riding the school bus as a child, the magic and the whimsical, the anticipation of what the day was going to hold when you got to school? Do you guys remember that? She was looking at a crowd of like 70 year old billionaires right. talking to them like they were babies and talking to them as if they ever rode a school bus in their entire yeah, I was life. Gonna say. Like when they went to school, they were riding Teslas. Okay. <laughs> right. Before they were even born, they had George Jetson uh, cars like they would fly to school. Yes. Yes. Um, and I, I know that Kamala, I, I'm not going to, this isn't part of today's show. We're not, has nothing to do with politics today, but uh, I did read an article yesterday where she came out and was like saying that like the big problem with the lack of support that she's had is due to like misogyny and racism. Like, yeah. no, it's not that you're a woman and that you're a black woman. It's this that you're not very good at your job and your Senate race was actually deemed by your own party to be one of the worst races in like political history. So are you, are you at all following the the goings on in St. Louis with the prosecutor there? No, I'm not. Okay, well, there's a prosecutor there, and her name is Kim Gardner. I think she gained prominence because uh, I I believe I don't remember for sure, but I think she was the one that that charged the two uh, the 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 couple couple that was standing outside the their house with the guns. You, you remember that? Right, right, with, right. With the BLM protesters. Well, mm-hmm. apparently she is. Um, you know, she puts ego before anything else, and she's driving prosecutors out of her office like they're fleeing, you know, the holy yeah. land, basically. And <clears throat> so um, just more and more stuff ca- started coming out. Well, uh, she had uh, she, she, they're like prominent murder cases. So so she had five or seven prosecutors that handled very violent crimes or murders, like high profile cases like that. And that, and that got whittled down to three or two. And then one of those guys didn't show up for a trial. Um, you know, he had a medical excuse. And, and of course, she didn't she didn't do anything to put anybody in his place. So the judge was pissed, rightfully so, and said, I'm going to hold her in indirect oh. contempt of court. So they had a trial. Uh, not a trial. They had a hearing whereby that that assistant prosecutor had to explain himself. She didn't even bother to show up for it. Um, and so uh, more and more stuff starts coming out. The governor starts looking into it. The attorney general starts looking into it. Come to find out she's going to like nursing school while she's supposed to be working. And, and there is a clause that says, you know, if you're going to be the, uh. the, the attorney that the, for the people that you have to devote, you know, blah, blah. Well, naturally, she had to resign because of misogyny and racism, because that's that's why they're targeting her. Uh, by the way, if you Google the judge that hold her, held her in indirect criminal contempt, I'm not so sure you can uh, call that racism. Right. Um, Just, somebody was wanting to know about uh, Kamala Harris's sexual favors. Mm-hmm. Um 
I think I don't know, and I won't want to misspeak, but I'm pretty sure that that's a quick Google. You could probably Google your way through that one. Um, are you are you saying we are not Google? Uh, no, but I'm not going to talk about Kamala's sex sex history because I'm unlearned of of such things, and I don't like to just you know what I mean. I'm, I'm, that, that's what's great about our shows. We're we're not afraid to say I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like I could make yeah. up some shit. I could go and Google it on my computer for you right now and then act like I knew the answer to that question. Or I could just be honest and say, like, I'm about to Google it in the middle of a show that has nothing to do with Kamala Harris. It has everything to do with the Maniella's case. Or I could just simply tell you I don't know. I'm um, or I could that... be like the White House where I could just say, we're not oh, going to talk geez. about that. They're the worst. We're not going to talk we're... about that. They're the worst. Oh, my God. Eric just quit the show. Um, that's, so... that's what they do at the White House. Yeah, they do. They leave. Um <laughs> Yeah, just make sure you have safe search on if you're at work and you're going to... That's less fun, Drew. It's so much more fun when you do these kind of searches and then, like, get called to IA while you were searching Kamala Harris blowjob. And um, they're like, why were you searching blowjobs on your work computer? And you're like, well, it was Kamala Harris, and uh, I really wanted to know if she blew her way to the top a lot like you did, sir. (laughs) Oh, Oh! Yeah, not today, IA. (laughs) motherfuckers all right let's jump that's enough fun uh thank you guys for all joining us in the live chats Uh, we've got a lot of paid members in the live chats today we couldn't thank you guys enough uh don't forget that's always an option here on the failure stop podcast channel uh girls like sarah kelch who we've missed on a lot of the shows lately she is back in the uh, live chats we were actually talking about midgets um, a couple of shows ago and Sarah's name came up and uh, I'm glad she's here. Maybe she can answer that later on in the show. But um, uh, Jeff C, Andrea Uplay, Tactical Dude, um, all the guys there, um, Meat Potato, Falconator. Thank you guys so much. All right, let's dive into the uh, Manny Ellis case. Unless you have something else before we, no. we do that. No, I don't. I, I think uh, Would you start I, I think we should. <clears throat> no, that's if you want, but I, I think that this is, it's important to, to point out that um, I can't remember what the reason was, but Eric was not able to do a show one day or something. So we, we pre-recorded uh, something with, um, with Jay Durrell, uh yes, about yeah. this case, about, about the Manuel Ellis case. We even went live, I think for like 12 seconds before I caught it or, or I'm sorry, before Eric caught it. And um, so then we had to start all over from scratch. We went through the entire case, and this was going to be rebroadcast the following day. Then come to find out we didn't hit record the second time. So we had this banger of an episode that uh, would be the lost (laughs) tape, like if we were the Beatles. Uh, So if we leave something out, forgive us. We've already been through this case. We don't expect you to remember everything that we said because even we didn't record it. So... Um, here we go. We're going to talk about that if you're ready for it. Um, he was uh, Manny Ellis. This is uh, this is out of Tacoma. Now this this ca- this came to my attention because I interviewed Rob Hollingsworth for our uh, Patreon page. Um, Rob Hollingsworth was uh, in Las Vegas during the uh, during the Las Vegas shooter, and then he subsequently was in. Uh, he was a Tacoma officer, and he departed the Tacoma PD in in uh, like fireworks finale fashion by doing a, a viral youtube video where uh he laid out this tirade then he got on the radio and signed off you know forever and ever um and shortly after he left or actually it may have been while he was there three officers were indicted um and it, it it's uh kind of weird and ominous how they were actually indicted 
here they are. It's Christopher Burbank. He was indicted for second-degree murder. Matthew Collins, second-degree murder, and Timothy Rankin, uh, first-degree manslaughter. So they're they're looking at very serious charges. I mean, the, the trial hasn't taken place yet that I know of. Um, you know, when you try to find an update, generally you don't find a whole lot of information. About the crazy thing about this case, and, you know, since we've been doing, like, real journalism now for, like, a year, uh, yeah. what what's a lot like this case is a lot of the real facts are under a paywall. So everything that's not under a paywall are opinion pieces. But like, if you want to see like what the toxicology reports are, what the medical examiner really said, all of that is under a paywall. Like as in you have to pay $2 for a subscription per month to get access. Um, but if this was, you know, like if the facts were that there was no meth and the toxicology report wasn't bad, it would be blasted all over the free interwebs. Right. Right. Because it's like makes the cops look good. We've they put it behind a paywall. And that's something that we've really noticed a lot lately is that you know, I always said that whenever there's theatrics in the news, they're lying, right? Whenever they have to play with your emotions, they're lying. Um, and you'll see that in this case, but also you can also tell uh, that they're lying when they put the real facts behind a paywall. Um <clears throat> I want to read to you part of an article. Um from uh so it's funny you say that because we have the probable cause affidavit we're going to we can show part of it uh soon uh that's nothing short of a fairy tale i mean it's when you talk about just as you did you know that's my pet peeve as well if you have to use like all these dramatic sayings and you know uh paint flowery pictures you would think like a probable cause affidavit would be like a police report where you're just reporting facts, like just just report facts and right. So a, 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 a proper 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 probable cause affidavit would sound like uh, Drew left his house according to his wife at twelve thirty p.m. According to witnesses on the streets, Drew Breezy parked in a gravel lot at 1 30 p.m at 1 32 he entered the c minus studios where he assaulted eric tanzi according to eric tanzi he was struck in the face so by believe. drew breezy and then his camera and tripod were taken out the door witnesses uh from the local hot dog shop noticed him running down noticed drew running down the street with a tripod and camera at approximately 145 you know what i yeah. mean like it's basically spelling out a very quick timeline of events who are the witnesses and what is that it's probably drew that committed the crime what makes it that it's probably him well lots of witnesses and the timeline fits it was probably him and that's enough for the master to say boom it's not that like drew breezy was wearing manscaped cologne and and we could smell it as he entered the park you know what i mean that's not how a probable cause affidavit's written so it, it's but it is how a news story is written so let me leave this is from the seattle times just a couple paragraphs from here it says um ellis who was black was walking home from a convenience store the night of March 3rd, 2020, when he was stopped by police. He died after being hit with a taser, choked, masked with a nylon hood, and hogtied while repeatedly saying he couldn't breathe. Matthew Collins and Christopher Burbank, who are white, are charged with second-degree murder and first-degree manslaughter in Ellis's death. Timothy Rankin, who is Asian-American, is also charged with first-degree murder and manslaughter. Or, I'm sorry, first-degree manslaughter, and all of them have pled not guilty. This is um, it's it, it makes me sick to my stomach. It really does. Like 
this is the only time that it matters is when a black person dies in custody. If this, if a white person died in custody, there would if not it was be an, an issue. active shooter in Atlanta, right? That just happened, and the suspect doesn't meet, doesn't fit the narrative. We won't say, we won't even say the suspect's name if it no. sounds like it comes from a certain culture. They'll uh, just uh, say it, a man entered X and shot X people. And I, I, I mean, quite frankly, Eric, I'm, I'm tired of this. Like, I am completely tired. I don't care. I, like, I'm mature enough, emotionally uh, mature, and, uh, you know, I just... Uh, I mean, if you're tired uh, of it, head down to the local Wendy's and throw a Frosty through the window and then yell and scream. Nothing will happen to you. Nothing oh, will happen no, to you I if you act batshit fucking crazy. No, I it guarantee will. nothing will, will happen to you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, like I am, I am tired of like always being labeled a racist. Everything is being based in racism. It, you know, like I, I just, I'm tired of it. Did you I, see I, the I, new? And I'm not going to not talk about it anymore. I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not afraid. I know it's in my heart, and I know it's in my soul. So if I'm telling you a story and I'm saying things like, "This is bullshit," that they're saying this is a white officer because it's a black man. It's bullshit. I'm not saying that because, oh, my God, we got to, you know, like, I, I don't care about this stuff anymore. I, I am calling out. That is racism in and of itself. It is so anti-racist. It has become racist. And I'm tired of it. Did you see the Go new the, the politician? Uh, he's a Republican politician, actually. But he came out and said that he's identifying as a as a black man. As a black transgender woman. As a black transgender woman, dude. Yeah. I they mean, don't know what to do. They, they, like, they do not know what wow, the fuck to dude. do with that. Um, also, really quick, not that it has anything to do with this, but uh, my wife showed me a, an amazing TikTok where this guy went around Boston Red Sox Stadium and filmed all the Bud Light kiosks. And they're just like people like standing there with their hands on their face and bored. And then he scans to the lines left or right. And it's like wrapped around. And it's like whatever craft beer is in the stadium. <laughs> and he just walks around the whole stadium catching a glimpse of every single Bud Light. Like they are hemorrhaging because of this stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm with you on, I'm tired of this being racist. You know, I actually found out a, a stat this week and I'd like to see if you know the same. Now I, I fact checked it and, um, and I've had many conversations with some other folks about it and I'm going to do some Patreon stuff later today about it. But uh, let me ask you this. What do you think the percentage of black people are in America? Mm, uh, I'm going 20%. Okay. All right. How, what do you think the percent of Hispanics are in America? That's probably 30 to 40%. Okay. All right. Uh, it's 13% is, is the black community okay. and 17% is the Hispanic community. Okay. That was way off. So, I mean, you know, I, I just, it, when it puts things into perspective for me a little bit too, that like, yeah. wow, there's just not that many. You, you know what I mean? Like 13%. I just thought that number was more like closer to 40 or 50. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. And just like, uh, yeah, I would I, think that like 50% of people are gay, like according to TV and commercials and everything <laughs> like that. But like they were doing the stats on like biracial marriages. Like it's so rare to have a biracial marriage, yeah. but every commercial is a biracial marriage. So who are these people trying to advertise to? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if, the, if, if like, zero point something percent of people are biracial marriages and like why are we spending millions of dollars trying to capture that point zero two percent like wouldn't you well it's not, 
Wouldn't I, it be I don't think wiser it, as a marketing agency to go after like the majority? No, it's not. So that's the virtue, virtue signaling part of it because they're not trying to capture the 0.2%. They've already captured them. They're trying to capture the rest of us to say, hey, this is how tolerant we are and this is how tolerant you should be. What they don't realize is how insulting that is to somebody like me who's been that fucking tolerant the whole time. I don't need a fucking Benetton ad or a Pepsi ad to tell me to be a good person. I don't need any of these advertisers. I don't need fucking Bud Light to tell me to follow the golden rule. I'm not going to go out of my way to fucking shame Dylan Mulvaney. But at the same time, I don't, I don't want to see that. I don't I don't want any part of it. It's 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 based in sexual orientation or it's based in sexuality. And I don't go around talking about how many chicks I hammered or, you know, I or, or like, man, I am so fucking hetero. I, I really think we need to celebrate my penis one day. Like, I, I don't I don't do that. I mean, like, so why is it? Well, I just may have started a trend. It's I think it's oh, trending on Twitter, Twitter. <laughs> Drew's hashtag smell Drew's wiener. <laughs> right. Hashtag it smells like vagina. I went from stealing cameras and tripods to <laughs> talking about my wiener. But uh, look, I, I'm just I, all, all I'm saying is this: you don't need to tell me to do that. You, you don't like what you're saying is you're just now catching up to the rest of us. And uh, I, I realize that there are some intolerant people in this world, but let them be intolerant. That's their right. They can be intolerant. And, and wouldn't it be better to, for them to be openly intolerant so you know who they are as opposed to be closeted intolerant who right. tell you to your face that they accept you, but when you get behind closed doors or when they get behind closed doors, they really don't. Wouldn't it be better to know like this kind of stuff? So instead of just sweepingly labeling us all racists, why don't, why don't we look at truth I, I i somebody close to me was in a class recently and uh they put up this uh, as an example of uh how law enforcement is so evil they, they put up this clip from from a fictional movie from uh, oprah's network uh, and i mean it was just so so blatantly stereotypical it was it was three black people holding black lives matter signs a man a man his wife and his child and and the officer gets out of the car and it's stereotypical you know white male with a with a mustache and he's like you got a deed for this property you on public property like and everyone accepts this as the truth so so in other in order in order to prove the point that cops are racist this instructor or whatever he is had to put forth this fictitious playlet like little snippet from a stupid movie you know have you ever seen the clip about the karen movie like it's just it's they're just perpetuating this notion that all cops are evil all white people are karens all or all white females are karens and i'm fucking sick of it I, i'm telling you it, when well, we've walk, allowed that we've allowed the crazy people to have a voice Yes, we have, that's, and, and they can have I their mean, voice, like... but we shouldn't be kowtowing to them. And, and when I'm walking through the Home Depot, I don't look at the black people with contempt, and they don't look at me with contempt. We kind of nod and smile to one another. If he drops his pen, I pick it up. Do you and think every black him. person that you know looks I mean? at? Do you think every black person that looks at you in Home Depot is like, I bet you he's building a uh, 
like one of those cross? hanging platforms. Yeah, or across. I bet you he's trying to put together a news today. Fucking white person. No, but dude. Like, this is exactly how ridiculous that's. It should sound that ridiculous. It should it, sound that ridiculous. Because it is. It should. And, 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 and of the, what did we say? It was 12% or 17%? Of the 17%. I'll say probably only two or three percent think that white people are racist. Well, seventeen we, percent would be the Hispanics. Twelve percent is the okay. So, so, so the Hispanic community, which is very under, like I feel like the Hispanic community, is, like Asians get more love than the Hispanics, and the black people get more love than the Hispanics, in my opinion. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think I think Mexicans are underappreciated. Sure. Although today I mean, is Cinco de Mayo, dude. I'm going to appreciate the shit out of them that. today. <laughs> right. Tomorrow being Sace de Mayo, I, I think you're, I, I think they are underappreciated. Um, you know, this is the, this is back. Uh, I got to be honest. I hated working Cinco de Mayo. It's like really? one of the worst. Yeah. I fucking dude, hated it. I mean, it's, it's somebody's but, getting carved up by a broken Corona bottle. For sure. <laughs> no, but it's, for it sure. may not be, it could be Modelo, but it, it is one of the worst amateur our drinking holidays like like really what are, are you are you really celebrating a mexican independence or do you just need a an excuse to get shit-faced well that's the same uh, as saint patrick's day what do you mean it's the same as saint patrick's day I I, I'm, I'm with that dude if you uh, don't we, think for one second that i'm leaving this podcast today and drinking margaritas and Modelo negros all fucking day while just I, devouring it, an entire bag of tostitos chips this is, and salsa it, you're out of your mind dude but this is the Mother's Day argument, Eric. Every day should be Cinco de Mayo. I can eat fucking chips and salsa any day. I get the soft chimichanga with the cheese Don't sauce on it. Don't do this today Ground on the show. Beef. Don't do this on Cinco de Mayo. I'm not shitting on pig. Cinco de Mayo. Listen, Every day is Cinco de Mayo. You let me have my, my day. House. You let the Mexicans have their fucking day, right? Gay people get a whole fucking month. Oh, that's you know, true. Mexicans get a day. Let us have our day, dude. I'm Mexican today. Let me have my day. Me gato es muy blanco. Okay. <laughs> Joe Vivo in the Casa Roja, Puto. <laughs> right. Con mm. chipsy salsa. Yeah. Right. Mm. I get it. Tacos but, uh, El Grande. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where we've gone or where we're going to go. But well, I'm this is what this, this case does to us. And I think uh, <laughs> to put it in context, let's just read the probable cause affidavit so I can go ahead and throw up and get that out of my system. Because all, all right, of I, this hate right now, I know coming from Drew and a lot of you guys in the chat are like, I love this part of Drew. Um, by the way, I think we've hit over like a thousand comments already. Um, and most of them are about how much they love you um, in this, this form. Everybody. But listen, like out of context, this probable cause affidavit will do this to any cop that has half of a brain. This is the worst probable cause affidavit, the most disgusting, racist, uh, just uh, the most unprofessional Yes. Probable cause affidavit I've ever laid eyes upon. And and that is what's generating a lot of the anger in today's show. So I think I, we should I, just get that out of the way. We shall. I, I and I I'm gonna further delay it to drive you insane. Uh I, this goes this is dedicated to all the cops that made a great probable cause traffic stop, found dope, found a gun, presented their case to the district attorney or to the assistant state attorney who determined uh, I don't think we're going to get one this one by the jury, so we're not going to file on this case. I, I appreciate you risking your life and all, but it's only about an 85 to 90% chance we'll get a guilty, so we're not going to file. This is dedicated to you because listen to this fucking fairy tale. The, <laughs> the, the, the background on this is 
and this is this I'm telling you is a declaration for determination of probable cause. Manuel this says Manuel Ellis, known as Manny to his friends and family, began the evening of March 30, March 3rd, 2020, at his church. He quote, he just fell in love with going to church. There's an apostrophe, going to church, said C.A., a man who'd been mentoring Ellis and giving him a place to live. Ellis stayed at the church until approximately 9.30, playing the drums with the worship band. He's a great drummer, you know, C.A. remembered. Ellis and C.A. returned home together while uh, and while home, sometime between 10.08 and 10.30, Ellis called his mom. He talked with her by video for about a half hour. His sister remembers overhearing her mom's laughter as she talked with Ellis and hearing the sound of his distinct laugh over the phone. After talking with his mom, Ellis ate some burgers with CA. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. This is what Eric is saying. This is what I'm saying. This is, these aren't, these are facts. These are facts meant to flower, meant to sway you. If, If you were actually painting this as a picture, you would not get this in front of a jury because they'd be like, you're swaying the jury. You're doing that on, you're doing that intentionally. So it says a little while later, Ellis went to the Seven Eleven to get a late night snack. Um, as he often did, uh, quote, he's a nice kid. The clerk remembered really respectful kid. He always says, hi, Ellis believed to have bought a box of donuts and some water at 11, 11. Dude, wait, and stop. Wish- this is just stop. Is this this is still the probable cause affidavit, right? Like for all of you guys in the cops that like just fucking have ADHD and are scanning your sector, this what he's reading to you is not a BuzzFeed or Vice article. This is the probable cause affidavit. Oh. Hey, Eric, here. How about oh, and this? by the way, for all those who say that I'm going to get canceled for all my Cinco de Mayo jokes, I just lit a candle. Uh, it's a Mexican candle, and it's the patron saint of immigrants. It's the patron put it behind saint. Me, so. Right. I'm it good. is the patron saint of immigrants. Do you so, have the patron saint of immigrants candle <laughs> at your household? <laughs> Fucking racist. I do. I don't like mine to the Sesamayo. Uh Listen, <laughs> I, I am showing you this this probable cause affidavit. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's just, it is flowery. Uh, but that is bonkers. Like, he went and got a donut? Like, when I tell you, like, donuts. I have preached on this show from day one. You can go back to several episodes, and I will always prove to you. So I'm right. I'm right. Don't even try to argue it. That every time that there are theatrics or emotions put into what somebody is saying, they are yeah. lying. They're and and this at probable cause affidavit is 100% that. Like, I've never read such a terrible probable cause affidavit. I mean, he was going to church, the witnesses said. And he was in the he went band. to go get a donut, and he was a drummer in the band. Like, what does that have to do with clerk- any of the things that that happen? Like, like, how about you know, it appeared that he was high on methamphetamines, and that he was trying to get into <laughs> other cars in a in a stop sign, which drew the attention of the officers, and the officers went out to the intersection to see why this guy was trying to open people's car doors as they're sitting at red lights, and then he began to beat on the officers' doors, and the officers opened the door, within he then assaulted the police officers, and a battle ensued with a man jacked up on methamphetamines. That's your probable cause affidavit right there. Not this, this whole baloney. He was a worship leader, and by the way. Not a good selling point for Christians. No. Anyway, it does. It says Ellis is believed to have bought a box of donuts and some water. He wished the clerk a good night on his way out, and then he began his walk home. But Ellis never made it home. Oh walk, man! 
on his walk back from the 7-Eleven at around 11:21 at the intersection of 96 and Ainsworth, he came upon a police uh, a car sitting in that car with Christopher Burbank and Matthew Collins. So it, they go on to describe Burbank and Collins talking about how they they both served in the army. First of all, all three of these guys that were indicted, by the way, were army veterans. Uh, one of them was 215 pounds, standing nearly six feet tall. Uh, it, and, uh, and Burbank weighs an estimated 160 pounds and is also uh, six feet tall. They talked about uh, their time on, which is normal. I could see that being uh, part of it. But they also talk about um, he's um, trained in jiu-jitsu or, or some kind of martial, Brazil, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or something like that. It says it in here uh, somewhere. Grappling Wait, martial arts. Is that it the says, Asian guy? No, no. Oh. No, you're going in a different direction there. It's not Chinese New Year either. Uh, so uh, it says, um, how about this? Let's let's skip forward a little bit because it really just, uh, I, I, I listen, read it for yourself. I, I'm I'm more than happy to read this to you. I think it's a little, um, you know, pedantic to do so, but you, you can you can read it on your own. Uh, but there are little things in here like. Um, I'm looking for it as I'm speaking, if that's not evident to you. But they talked about how th they called it a chokehold, that, that this guy put him in a chokehold. It's not officially what happened, but, uh, but they talked about the chokehold. They talked about how the other guy, um, the other officer, pulled out his, quote, taser gun oh, and pointed it at go. Ellis's chest. Is that in the probable cause affidavit? That's in the probable cause like, affidavit. Isn't that I, unbelievable I mean, that anybody would call it a <laughs> taser gun in the probable cause affidavit? Mm. And that is insanity. It, and pointed it at his chest. So, like, you're you're not explaining to the civilian population, like, where what else a taser do you point is, a taser? You point it at his dick. And, and right. And on top of that, they're they're talking. Everybody is pushing for less lethal options. Blah blah. blah. This guy's resisting arrest. But they want to call it a taser gun. So they want to say that they that he pointed a gun, basically that the officer pointed a gun at his chest. So, now listen, if you it, you know we all know the science behind a taser, but those darts don't come out in a straight line. They come out more of a vertical V shape. If you yeah. want to aim at at his at his you know lower torso, one of those darts is hitting him in the wiener. You know what I'm saying? And if you go and you go above the chest, one of those darts is hitting him in the teeth or in the throat. You know what I mean? There's nowhere else to aim a taser except for center mass. It's the safest, like your best chance of not causing. You, you absolutely do aim for center mass with these. You it's, it is instructed in taser training to not aim for the heart. Obviously you don't want this right. probe to go directly into the heart. However, I don't know that I, I, I can't give you numbers. I don't think that there are any, taser deaths attributed to the probe going straight to the heart no there's none it's, at all there's zero and, and and they have they have tase um my taser instructor actually put the thing like on his heart to show us like you know the, oh. like it, it's it, there's no difference like the it doesn't matter where the taser dart goes the same effects happen essentially what more important is like how spread out those wires are is kind of how brutal it is but yes. it does put stress on the heart because your body flinches its muscles, but it's the same amount of stress as if you were lifting weights for like, you know, five, like a set of five, you know what I mean? If you were doing one rep, you know, of five curls, you know, it's, it's yeah, that puts strain on your heart too. So, you know, but the, the, the actual taser itself, like the dart doesn't hit you in the fucking heart. 
Like, no, it no, doesn't go I anywhere mean, near the actual heart. So, no, uh, they they paint this picture about they keep talking about the time that elapsed before emergency medicine, uh, emergency medical people were called. And they keep breaking it down by the minute and second and all that. And when you really do the math, it's it's like maybe six or seven minutes while they're still fighting this guy before they get him to medical help. But it makes it look like it's such a time span. This thing is so unfair. Uh, it, it, it is boldly. Well, you know, what was the uh, you showed me a video from the mayor. Do, do we have that med- that video? Clip? Yeah. Let's just play with the the. The videos, is, and then listen, guys. I know some of you are out there, are like, are you guys just gonna break this whole fucking thing down for us? We are, well, we are, we are kind of breaking it down for you. But what really happened that night was some officers were these three officers, or two officers, were sitting in a parking lot uh, at a gas station, and they noticed a dude being trying to get into cars that were coming across red lights, and so they drove to the intersection, and the man attacked their police car, banging on their windows, punch, according to them. Um, now, listen, after this guy died, these two cops were immediately separated um, and their reports were done completely separated from themselves. And immediately the investigation that night, within an hour, was already turned over to an adjacent uh, department. King County. So it had, there was no bias. No, no, this was an impartial investigation. Nobody there was no conspiracies that could have been done. I mean, they, they really went out of their way to make sure. That all of this went, no guys that got separated that quickly could come up with a story that matched. It just wouldn't happen. The reports would be so far different that you would know they're lying. But it's not like as they're being separated, they're like, yo, tell him he was banging on our window before, you know, before they did that. Or, hey, tell him that he said this. So when these two cops are separated and they write their reports, they're almost the exact same report, which means that they're telling the truth because yeah. it's impossible I- to just make that shit up. Uh, and and the chances of them making two stories up that are exactly the same would be yeah, I want to show zero. I want to show a video of the incident, but before we do that, I, I mentioned this the last time we kind of reviewed this that didn't get recorded. But uh, I I've uh, authored um, I, I don't know I'll go maybe a hundred um, use of force reports, and I've reviewed I've been the reviewer or submitter of probably a hundred maybe two hundred more because you know the more people you have under you the more people submit them to you. Um, so I was responsible for reviewing these things. And obviously you take them very seriously because you don't want to end up on CNN like this. Um, and I I can tell you very honestly, the way to tell if somebody is lying is if their reports match exactly, because that means that they sat together and they did the report or, you know, maybe something else, maybe something uh, external, like they watched video. Right, like or the- a typical report would say, Drew would say, like, the man was banging on my car. I then opened the door. I ran around the front of the truck. I noticed Eric had um, had the guy around the waist and was driving him forward and tackling him to the ground. My report might say, the man punched my window. I opened my Six door. Times. He said, I'm going to stab you in the chest. And he balled up his fist and held it to, you know, brought it above his waistband. At that time, I tackled him to the ground, right? Like two totally different perceptions. Now, if both reports say I got out of the car and then I tackled him. And the other guy says, yeah, he got out of the car and tackled him. Eh, maybe if they're in, if they're an exact lockstep, it's, it's a red flag. It doesn't necessarily mean it's untruthful, but it does mean that you probably need to look a little bit further into it. But if, if there are just like minor inconsistencies throughout that lends credibility to the whole thing, because nobody's going to remember everything the exact same way. Or in the same like, order. You know, a lot of times people the same remember order. what people said in a different order. And, that, and that's because of stress and trauma. You know, um, I might've heard, 
you know, um, I'm going to bust you in your fucking teeth. And Drew might have reported that as a guy said, I'm going to punch you in the teeth. You yeah. know what I mean? Are we lying? Are we lying when we say bust yeah, you in the you teeth? It. I heard it as I'm going to bust you in the teeth. Drew was running around the car thinking about a million other things. And he was like, yeah, the guy said something about punching him in the teeth. And you this know? is how this, this, by the way, is how the defense discredits you on the stand, because I'll get up and testify to my supplement, which says, and you won't be in the courtroom at the time, which says exactly what you just said. Uh, yeah, I remember him saying something about punching me in the teeth. Then you'll get in there and you'll say, no, he specifically said he was going to punch out my teeth with my own handgun. And then when you leave the courtroom, the defense attorney is going to say, see, their stories don't even match. But the, but my point is the fact that they don't match lends to the credibility. Nobody remembers everything the exact same way. There are going to be little nuances, uh, you know, in between. Here's here's video of the incident. Hey! By the way, this was stop! never. Oh, my God. Stop hitting Yeah, hey, stop it really fast. Hitting him, um, just arrest him. It's important to notice that uh, for those of you who are just listening, this person turns on the camera as they're pulling to the intersection. So you can tell that they were not even there close to from the beginning. They have no idea what's going on here. This is literally inner city theatrics that happens in low income neighborhoods everywhere. You, you won't see this um, from the well-educated, from the people who have a lot of money. Like you don't find this in nice neighborhoods. They don't, they don't, nobody does this in those kinds of neighborhoods. This happens in trailer parks and deep in the inner cities because there is a culture of like camaraderie, right? Where they're never going to, you know, they're never going to say that the cops are in the right. They're always going to take the side of the criminal, no matter what. Matter of fact, I had a serial raper one time that was, was loose. And we were trying to get through people's backyards to catch this guy. He just raped a 15 year old girl. And we knocked on this one door and, the guy told us like this massive fabricated lie um, to try to get us off of the scent of this person, having no idea that the guy's a raper. He just knew that we were looking for somebody and he goes, Oh yeah, you're looking for, for a black guy. We're like, yeah. And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. He went over that way. Um, you know, and, and he went down the road and he got in a red car and he's gone now. And we're like, well, we know that's not true because we've had this intersection locked down for like over an hour. You know, he's in one of these sheds, but you know, the guy's natural instinct, not even having a clue that the guy just raped somebody is to take the criminal side in the story and not the police officer side. You don't see that in well-educated, higher-income neighborhoods. You just don't see it. If there's somebody running through the backyard, they're, they're oh, no, officer, I have no, what's going on? Should I be worried? Should I be afraid? Should I yeah. leave? No, ma'am, just go in and lock your door. Oh, my gosh, well, I, I hope you find them. You know what I mean? Like, it's a totally different attitude. And so this tape, this is, this is part of this deep inner-city culture where she's pulling up. She has no idea what's going on. She has no idea. But she's speaking as if she does. Now, remember, this is like midnight. Listen to how she talks and also pay attention that there is a child in the car. In the backseat. And it's 12 uh, o'clock at night. I, I'm starting it from the beginning because it's very okay. quick. Go ahead. Uh, but I'll be quiet. All right. No, you don't need to. Uh, they're struggling with him over by some garbage cans. You can hey! see the back of the police car. She's yelling. Stop! She's oh now getting God, out of her stop car. Him! She's saying, hey, stop hitting him. Just arrest him. Just arrest him. Just arrest him. Oh, my God. That looks so scary. Okay, so it looks scary to her. But it doesn't really even look that scary. No, it doesn't. And and here's a second video of somebody driving by. By the way, they're listed in the affidavit as, as a, a witness because they use their video. But I still submit, if they were so concerned about this guy's life, uh, like they're portraying in this affidavit, 
Why did they drive away? Yeah, why did they like, not stop at all? They were just yeah. like, ha, dude's I about mean, to die though, at the hands of the cops. Let's just keep driving by. No, if, right. you, if they thought that these cops were out of line, they would have stopped and videoed the whole thing. Right. But getting to the club. You can do it again. Put your hands behind your back. Your hands behind your back. Okay, so you heard them say, and then I'll play it again. Put your hands behind your back. Put so your hands scary. behind your back. Behind your back. You can do it again. Put your hands behind your back. And the guy, you can see the guy's still fighting. The guy's like still trying to move his arms like inward as in like he's going to try to hunch his, you know, do these like little wrestling techniques that people often do when they're on the ground. They don't want to go to jail. Do we have the audio of the female, though? Like the rest of the audio from the female? I, I didn't download the whole clip, so I'm sorry. Uh, so after, short, right after that, that audio that you just heard where she's like, oh, my God, it's so scary. This other guy goes, this other guy speaks up and she goes, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, bitch. I got kids in the car. Shut the fuck up. Shut, and she just keeps saying it like over and over again until she turns the camera off. So like this is your like golden star witness that we're, you know, because she's you know, listen, because I say they're beating the shit out of somebody. It doesn't mean that they're beating the shit. I can say like right now that Drew Breezy is Drew. Stop touching me. Drew, stop. Drew, get your hands off my leg. Drew, Drew, that's my that's my penis. Get it just because I'm saying that doesn't mean that that's happening. Drew's in right. Florida. I'm in North Carolina. So just because she's saying something is scary and something's going on and they'll testify in court as if she is telling what's going on. The video shows extremely the opposite. Well, what the, she's the, saying. how about this though? So maybe it is scary to her. Like I, I get what she's saying. Like if you're not used to watching police confrontations, or you're not watch, uh, you're not used to people resisting Dude, arrest. I heard the sound of her voice and the way she talked in that car. She's seen this a time. Be that as it may, she may have seen it. She may not have. I'm just saying, it may be scary to her, and that's how she describes it. She yells, "Hey, this is scary!" She has a reaction to it. She's trying to get them to quote stop, just arrest him. Well, if if he would comply, they would just arrest him. Now, the defense attorney hat that I would wear would say, if they were trying to kill him, why would they get him to put his hand behind? Like, why were they so calmly trying to get him to stop resisting and put his hand behind his back? He says over and over, he being Manny Ellis, says over and over and over again, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, which is something similar to what George Floyd was saying. However, this was a month or two before George Floyd. So it never gained right. the national prominence that the George Floyd case did. And he was yelling it. So he's saying, I can't breathe, sir. I can't breathe. How many people well, do you arrest that say I can't breathe? Just about every single one. And, I, I and mean, almost every single person I've ever arrested. I mean, even like people with DUIs, right? You know, that, yeah. you, you know, the, that, you know, it's unfortunate for I'm them. That they just got shit faced. I can't breathe. Yeah. yeah. Hey, can you roll down the window? I can't breathe. You know, okay. Yeah, I mean, can they, can, is, can they really not breathe? I'm, I'm willing to make a trade, uh, you know, because everybody claims that uh, we're playing up to the cameras and we're playing up to the body cams by the cops saying stop resisting, stop resisting, because that is essentially what we're trying to do. Alert, alert the public to the fact that the person we're trying to take into custody is resisting. And we're, we're saying, look, I, it's basically a way of warning the public. We're, we're not fighting and beating this guy. The guy is resisting. So we'll stop saying that if you stop saying I can't breathe. 
Because what right. what you're saying is, you're basically saying the same thing. You're doing that for the camera. You're well, doing we also that for do the stop. That... We do the stop resisting because in court they'll ask you, "Did you ever give him a command to stop resisting?" So like, I think cops now just yeah, like, that's a good point. Yeah, motherfucker, I asked him a thousand times, probably to stop thirty resisting. times. Yeah. Now Bosco says he's on the fence about the George Floyd thing. Listen, I've I've said from the beginning, I think the George Floyd thing was gross negligence. I did think that. Uh, uh, Derek Chauvin should go to jail. I said that before he was sentenced. I said he should go to jail. I said the day of his sentencing, before we found out his sentence, that in my opinion, he should get five to seven years. That was my opinion because, and that that's based on other people who have been charged with the same crime, with the same criminal background. They've all gotten between seven years and at the most with like even worse negligence than George, uh, the Derek Chauvin, in my opinion, got 11 years. Um, they gave Derek Chauvin 22 years. And I think that's excessive. I don't think that's fair. But at the end of the day, I, I will say that Derek Chauvin was wrong in his actions at 18 years. He fucked up that day. He fucked, I don't think he was racist. And I don't think he intended to do it. But it doesn't matter. He did it. And it was grossly negligent. And so here we are now. I, you know, But this is not George Floyd, guys. This is not a George Floyd case. They didn't sit on been. him until it he died. Been. Well, no, that that is okay. So that does come into play. That's how Rankin uh, was indicted because he put his knee in his back. The, the guy was suffering some type of uh, excited delirium, and he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. It, it, but he, let's face it: if Derek Chauvin would have put his knee on his back, there wouldn't have been the charges on Derek Chauvin. The reason why the I, Derek Chauvin thing stuck was because his knee was on his face. Okay, I. I um, I, I differ slightly in that. We covered this a little bit on Com Center last night. And if, if okay. you haven't watched last night's Com Center, uh, people in the internet world, please do yourself a favor and watch it. We had a guest dispatcher on as well, and she did phenomenal Carly. She even had her dog at one point speaking English. So uh, please go and watch that. But but uh, I, what I was saying last night is kind of along these racial tones. Everybody made that into a racial incident that Derek Chauvin was racist and that he killed the black man. And this is what we want to do as police officers and blah, blah, blah. But when you when you go to trial and you testify to it, nobody says a word about the color of the skin of the offender, nobody or victim, whatever you want to call him. Nobody says a word about the color of the skin of the officer. It's funny how that suspiciously just kind of dissipates. It gets planted in your mind for the whole buildup for the trial, but when the trial hits. Now, the other thing I want people to think about and maybe shell out a couple bucks to watch Candace Owens's documentary because it it is very, very enlightening. If you take, I, I watched part of the Derek Chauvin trial and I felt while I was watching the trial, none of everything that the defense, meaning Derek Chauvin's defense team is saying Everything is making sense. None of it is going to resonate. He was guilty before he even sat down at the at the defense table. And if we're going to stick with this, uh, well, he was a first-time offender. Uh, you know, I don't know why we're being so harsh on him. It doesn't apply to Derek Chauvin for some reason. So I'm not being a Derek Chauvin apologist. I am being right. a criminal justice system apologist, though. And if you want to do things true, and, uh, and what I'm saying about the Candace Owens documentary is that he had his knee on his back, and no one has ever challenged anything she's ever said in that. No one has ever said, oh, that's a bunch of bullshit, Candace. Plenty of people have challenged what the media has said. Nobody has challenged what Candace Owens has said. Now, I know she's conservative, and I know she leans conservative, and I know people dismiss what she says just because she's conservative, but she presented facts upon facts upon facts. 
And I don't think Derek Chauvin got a fail, fair trial. No, I don't think he had a fair trial. I, like I said, I think in any in any of the circumstances, if he he would have done five to seven years, 22 years for being a cop. Listen, if you're going to hire me as a cop and you're going to hold me to a higher standard, but you're not going to hold the priest, the teacher, the congressman, right. the president, the, the president's plumber. son. If you're not going to hold them to a higher standard, then you can't just pick and choose the cop being held to the higher standard. Like the, all of those people have the same responsibility as a cop do. Uh, you know, a, a pastor has the same amount of faith. He had the same amount of trust in the community. And so when he defiles that trust or he, he breaks the rules, I think that, you know, it's just as uh, tragic as when a cop does something like this. Yes. Or a school teacher uh, commits a crime against a child. Like there's the same amount of respect and people look up to a teachers in the same ways as they do uh, police officers. So if, if we are going to decide that the, the police officers, not the city council, not the city mayor, not the city manager, not not the chiefs who get DUIs and and get those DUIs dismissed. But you know, if we're going to hold the officer to that higher standard, then you have to pay that officer the same amount as you pay that chief or that city councilman or any of those other people. That's just not that's not fair, and that's that's not a fair trial. That's not that's not justice um, per se. But you know, also in this case, we do have methamphetamine as a big part of the issue. And here's another video that shows what was going on that night that kind of disputes this term of him being a church going drummer boy, choir boy. And listen, I'm a good person. My my one of my really good friends is a great guy. Ninety ninety nine percent of the time he was my he was a great guy. He was at, he was even my battle buddy, per se, like my wingman um, in Afghanistan. I held this dude close to my heart and he was a sweet, caring Democrat, matter of fact, joined the military because he was against the war and was anti all of our patrols and anti our war and was a pain in the ass the entire deployment. Um, Just an absolute pain in the ass. Wanted to thwart everything that we want to do, mainly because he was scared to do most of it. He murdered somebody four years ago in his home, and he's now serving a life sentence. Um, The most unlikely person to ever murder somebody. But I think there were some drugs and some alcohol um, that contributed to all that. And that's sad. But he's not a, he, I can't portray him as a good, loving, honest man. He fucking murdered somebody. He's a murderer. Fucking murdered somebody. Sorry. Don't murder people. Um, do you know what it I mean? Is, it is one of the commandments. Um, so I, I get where you're coming from. I definitely get, get that. I mean, but there are, and, and listen, we have to, we have to be honest here in the interest of full disclosure. They're, they're basing the manslaughter charge on the fact that he didn't let up, not necessarily that he had his knee on his neck, but that he didn't let up and they were trained in excited delirium. They should have known, you know, to let him up, but they also included it. So, you know, there is, there's obviously an, uh, questions to be answered. There, the, this did not go perfectly. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying, I, I just don't think that this rises to the level of murder. Just because a, a person dies in custody does not mean that it's the officer's fault. And, and here's a prime example of why I think that. Ruled his death a homicide. King 5 News obtained the full autopsy report, which also says he had a fatal amount of methamphetamine in his system. The medical examiner report says he died from a lack of oxygen from physical restraint, positioning, and the placement of a spit mask over his face, but added, quote, it is unlikely that this death would have occurred due to physical restraint alone, without the contributing conditions. 
an argument could be made that the extremely high methamphetamine concentration should be considered the primary factor. Okay, so we're talking about the primary factor. Like, I, I don't, uh, this is what I'm saying. Like, but when you read this probable cause affidavit, they actually address that. They say that, um, uh, that, that you shouldn't take any of that into account. Like, for some reason that that's not, um, valid information because it doesn't fit into the law. Like it doesn't fit into what they want. It says Pierce County medical examiner to, uh, examined the body. He performed an autopsy. He determined that the cause of death was hypoxia, which is a lack, lack of oxygen due to physical restraint. That's not what we just read, but, um, or maybe uh, anyway, uh, I, I think they're, cherry picking out of that document it may be what we just read in particular he concluded that the manner was uh in which ellis was restrained by officers in the application of the spit hood prevented ellis from breathing properly and caused respiratory arrest and death he determined ellis's death to be a homicide the sentence is structured so that paint the picture and then right underneath, a, sec a separate fact that looks like it's part of the first fact. Dr. Clark noted that the manner in which Mr. Ellis was hogtied and pressed face down on the ground would inhibit regular breathing. He also observed the inside cloth portion of the spit hood was coated with blood and mucus, inhibiting Ellis's ability to breathe. To which I say, well, obviously, if he was able to expel blood and mucus, perhaps he... Uh, okay, so at, at any rate, the federal um, term for it, by the way, which this is really funny, right? Why would they not choose to use the federal mandated term, the scientific term, the, the term that's been in Obama's pillars of policing and how we do uses of force and how things are applied? Why wouldn't they call it by the name that it's given, which is called rip hobbled? Not yeah, hugged it's hobbled. Yeah, it's hobble tied, right? Yeah, rip. Yeah, okay, got it. You know what I mean? I mean? That, like, why why are we choosing to change the terminology that the federal government has put on that type of use of force and have deemed it as a necessary use of force? Like, the rip hobble is a thing that is can be used to minimize somebody's endangered to themselves. I.e., if you're going to use your feet and kick me, that could lead to you losing some teeth when I punch you in the mouth. So, therefore, I'm going to... I'm going to buckle your legs with a hobble so that you can't do that so that you can't kick the walls and, you know, fracture your leg. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to put a spit hit on you so that you don't spit in my face. And then I knock your teeth out like chiclets um, with my baton. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know uh, what I'm saying? Like it's for, it's also, for your benefit, buddy. There's also you hug a bloody evidence. loogie on me and I'm playing pool with your teeth. <laughs> there's also medical evidence uh, medical journals, peer-reviewed studies that say that the spit hood has no effect on your respiratory system. So I, I can see where they're saying in concert with everything else, like sitting on his back and the, and the being against the ground and all this other, but and then the spit hood just like slowing Bro, breathing. A mask. Down. Those but little COVID masks no. are more constricting than a fucking spit hood. Yes. Yes. You're you're right. Listen to this. Doctor Clark has also opined that although blood collected from Ellis in autopsy showed the presence of methamphetamine, Ellis's death was not likely caused by methamphetamine intoxication. As Dr. Clark has explained, medical personnel arriving on the scene observed uh, bradycardia, which is a slow heart rate, and uh, conditions consistent with pulseless electrical activity, neither of which is known to be caused by methamphetamine. Dr. Clark has also noted that 
Ellis repeatedly stated while restrained that he could not breathe. According to Dr. Clark, this is empirical evidence that Ellis was experiencing respiratory distress caused by the condition of his restraint. If you've got to spend your time, like if I'm a supervisor reading this affidavit, and not that I, you know, this is an attorney general writing it. If you've got to spend your time selling me on the opposite, if you've got to spend your time selling me on the facts that an expert said, but we don't think that that's possible. It's just because you want that, an injustice. It's because you, it's because you have to. It's, it's because you, it's, not, it's not to take away the uncertainty. The uncertainty is built right into it. And again, I understand that this is probable cause. This is the, you know, you can't use a number on it, but this is more likely than not have committed this crime. It was enough to indict these guys for murder. They're going on trial for this. And and it's this, it's just, it's a shame that, that we're sad. using this document. Yeah, what I mean, it's killed just... Manny Ellis that night were the choices that he made. He chose to at some point do meth. I don't care how good of a person he was up until that point. I mean, that's sad. But like, at the end of the day, dude, he chose to do meth. And I'm pretty sure it's not his first time. You know no. what I mean? It was his birthday. You know, you don't just go like. I'm sure that the previous birthday, you know, he might have ran a little bump, a little toot. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to turn it up a little more for this birthday. He pushing those limits, man. He didn't just go like straight to like, I want to turn it up for my birthday. Like, you know what, for me, like it's a slippery slope. Like turn it up for my birthday, start out with a little alcohol. You know, now I'm 40 years old and I've turned it up to blue juice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, you know, next it's going to be meth. I don't know. But the point is, is that, that Manny Ellis made a lot of bad decisions that night. And that's what led to his death. And these cops did everything that they were trained and that they knew how to do. And it's unfortunate that Manny Ellis didn't have the heart to, uh, you know, to finish what he started. And I'm not mm -hmm. trying to be funny there. You know what right. I mean? Like, you got a bad heart. Don't jump in the UFC ring and put massive strains. If, if you got a bad heart, don't go fucking try to run a marathon. Yeah. Your heart's you probably not going to take it. If, if your heart's shitty, to make better decisions. Yeah. If you got if heart problems, gonna, don't do meth. And if, if you're going to do, yeah, if you're going to do a bunch of coke, I, I wouldn't suggest going on a roller coaster. Right? You, you've got you got lung cancer in your family that runs rampant through your family. Let's maybe like let's not do a lot of tobacco and smoking a lot of cigarettes because, you, you know, obviously you're prone to that kind of things. Um, so, I, you know, but I'll tell you this, though, if you if you have problems sleeping, uh, I got I got something I got to an answer that I cleared up It is 100 percent leads to you not dying at the hands of the police. And that's sleeping on a ghost bed. Uh, right now, Ghostbed, if you go to uh, ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack, right now, uh, Mother's Day special, 50% off on all of the bundles. Um, so if you want to bundle it up, listen, um, if you're a peasant, if you're an EMS worker, you can't afford it even with that 50% off. Mother's Day is coming up. Get mama and get mommy a Ghostbed pillow. The Ghostbed pillow literally changed my life. I can travel. I travel a lot, especially with my kids traveling this weekend, be staying in a hotel. Uh, obviously, I can't take my ghost bed mattress with me, but what I can take with me are my cooling sheets, and I can take, even more importantly, my ghost bed pillow. That pillow alone is a lifesaver, and everybody can afford it, and ghost bed is a company that supports law enforcement. They have been with us since day one. They offer 0% down, 0% financing, and that's even if you have Lasro Lopez credits. By the way, a lot of Lasro Lopez shit coming out on the Patreon. So, ghost bed love first responders they love veterans and you're going to be a better first responder with a better with a good night's sleep if you're having mental problems mental health issues mental wellness you know what i mean you find yourself you find yourself taking more than 
two mental health days a year, tr- just try a ghost bed. Just try the ghost bed pillow. Before you go and spend thousands of dollars on therapies and all this other stuff, just try getting a good night's sleep. And I'm telling you, you can fill out their survey, Big Bird of Cookie Monster style, and their beds are made in the good old USA. 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 Okay. All right. Well, ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack, adjustable base, cooling technology, all the things, the cooling sheets. It's all great. We all love it. That's why I am the way I am, frankly. Thank you, Eminem. Uh, Attorney General Ferguson assembled a multidisciplinary team to assist in reviewing the investigation and making the charging decision. The review team included leaders in the office, uh, assistant attorneys general from the Robert Keppel Criminal Justice and Wing Luke Civil Rights Division, a special assistant attorney general, and two retired judges, judges Frank Kolfberson and Ronald Cox. So when you get civil rights attorneys involved, I know which way it's going to lean. I, I, listen, I am all about this accountability. I, I'm, I, I'm fine with it. When you start indicting cops just because you think you have to, to, and that's your mechanism for accountability. Let's talk about accountability for a second. Cops are accountable. Let's start at the top by the, to the U.S. Constitution, to the laws of the state that they're in to the SOPs, to the uh, case law that the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, uh, the circuit courts uh, put out, to the what the Supreme Court put. There's pl- they're, they're accountable to their own departments. Any use of force is going to be investigated. Anytime anybody uh, makes a complaint about race-based uh, policing, it will be investigated because if you don't investigate that and you, it's discovered you don't, you're not going to get any federal funding anywhere at any time. Trust me. Uh, and if you don't believe me, go down to your local police department and ask these questions and, and see if you don't get the same answer. So I guess to wrap this up in a pretty little bow, we, we'll, pay, we'll play with the mayor said in a second here, Eric, but to wrap this up in a pretty little bow, it all started me, with me ranting about racism and how I'm tired of the racism and, and, and pushing the racial agenda within the media and everything, this is what it leads to. This is exactly what it leads to. Unnecessarily indicting cops, and it's, it's, it's creating a vacuum in the profession, which me, and that's not about, well, now cops are being held accountable, so they don't want to be in the profession. No. Who's going to want to risk their life, their lives, to go out, to a bunch of people that don't appreciate you for risking your life for them. And it just, it gets back to a very simple statement I, I made or we discussed last night on the show on uh, Comm Center. Uh, when you dial 911, there is nobody on the other end of that phone that is going to say, yes, we will respond to you, but we're going to judge our response time based on the color of your skin. No one has ever said that. You got cops that are just running people off the road to come save you it doesn't matter what color your skin is and it, and it and it's not it's not about okay well this is a good opportunity to kill somebody or this is this is media perpetuated bullshit well that's really and, funny though it's like when they call cops racist so much but you know i worked in an all-black community and a little bit of hispanics whenever we drive 100 miles an hour with the lights and sirens on trying to get to a shooting victim that you know is a black gang member and you probably even in the back of your head think that he probably deserved to get shot because he's a gang member. 
we still drive at a very life-threatening speed to try to get there. We jump out of our car with no regard to if the gang battle is still going on or not. We run into the house, not like a soldier where we clear our corners. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, I think it's the hardest thing for the military guy veterans to do when they become a cop is they don't want to just run into a house and save a life. They want to pie the corners, clear the house first. But you can't do that as a cop. You got to get in there and get to life saving. Get to the threat. And you get to and 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 and, and you don't get to clear corners and all that crap uh, on just simple calls like somebody's bleeding out inside the back room. You know, you got to follow this grieving family through those walls, and you're doing it for somebody of color. You're doing it for a gang member. You're doing it for anybody. You're doing if you it for were a racist, being. you would just get there and be, and then you could, if you were really racist, if you really wanted to be racist, this is real talk right here. If you really wanted to be racist and you really didn't like black people, Mexican people or Asian people, whatever, and you get those calls, what you would do is stand outside and be like, I'm not going in there until you guys all come out here. Everybody come out here. Everybody sit down. You know, you would drive slow. You you would drive like slower than the speed limit to make sure that the guy's dead before you get there. Like that's what real racist cops would do. You wouldn't rush to get there to save them. You wouldn't, the, you know what I mean? The institution wouldn't put the call in the system. Sure. That was we, the we, case. The cops on the street would never even know about it. You know, and it, like, it, what are the chances of, you know, so now you're saying that like every cop has to be white or something like that. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? It, it goes this, by call number and who's closest to the call. It doesn't go by race. It's not like, Oh, uh, Eric's white and he's 30 miles from this call. Let's give it to him. No. I mean, if there's a black dude, an Asian dude, a Mexican dude, you know, that's three miles from the call, they don't get to determine the race of the officer that goes to the call. It's just whoever's closest to the call gets to go. It's, it's, it's what disgusts me about it. It's, it's, you know, think back to nine 11, the actual terrorist event, nine 11, you know, those officers rushing up the stairs, those firefighters rushing up the stairs to save people. They, they weren't going up just to save the white people. No, they died. They died saving people and human beings. It's it 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 just it never ceases to amaze me that we're just going to make everything about race and everything is racial and racially motivated and and Ed, get know, ready for corrupt. it. It's election season, baby. Just get ready for it. Buckle in. This is going to get a lot worse in the next yes. year. Yeah, uh, political uh, season. The Democrats have nothing better to do than to keep playing the race card. I mean, the the borders are a disaster. Syria, I mean, uh, the Sudan is a disaster. You got Iran that just captured their second oil tanker. Ukraine is a disaster. Our economy is a disaster. But everything you see on the news is just nothing but race-baited fueled hate towards conservatives or anything that they deem conservative, which, by the way, most cops are Teamsters. And if anybody, last time I checked, Teamsters is like 100% Democrats. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand like where this whole like uh, thin blue line is a Republican thing. <laughs> because i mean honestly i don't know what it is where you live maybe florida's a little bit different but up here it's like 50 50 yeah we you don't know. we don't deal in unions pretty much here well we don't I, have I mean, unions either but, but but i mean you you we have um legal representation through teamsters yeah but gotcha. but i mean my department as a whole is like 50 percent democrat 50 percent. like you didn't really talk about politics because you don't know in the locker room who, who's got who's what you know um the funny thing was, though, is that we were never allowed to be pro-Trump, but all the anti-Trump cops were, were allowed to be anti-Trump, which was sure. I always thought was pretty crazy. Um, sure. I, I, it's, it's, but, you know, I, as far as politics in the police department goes, you know, you, you can't just say the cops are Republican, conservative, right wing racist because 50 percent of the police department's not that way. Just, you know, think about to like 
the Louisville, the two guys, you know, the, the, the guy four days out of the academy that got shot in the head. We, you know, that's what we covered on Comp Center last night. I mean, do, do you think that they were going in just to save specific? It just it just doesn't work this way. And I, and I understand that there might be the perception that there's over policing in certain areas. Well, they, they gravitate to where the crime is. And it's very unfortunate that a very small percentage of the people of that community are committing a very large percentage of the crime. But you, you've got to look out for the rest, the high percentage of the people that need to be protected. And it's, it is a very frustrating thing to go out and, and risk your life day in and day out. You never know if you're going to make it off your next traffic stop. Uh, when you got people that, that literally believe that you are selecting them because of the color of their skin and not based on their behavior or the, the criminal activity, whether they're white, black, Asian, Hispanic, Martian, it doesn't matter. None of that matters, but it's uh, tell that to the media, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and there's due process issues. If you want to, do you want to play this? The mayor's go statement. Yeah, go ahead. Let's do that. In the final moments of his life, Manuel Ellis's family believes he was being respectful to Tacoma police and should not have been killed. Police said he was trying to open car doors in March, and when they stopped him, he tackled one of the officers and had to be restrained. The medical examiner ruled Ellis's death a homicide due to lack of oxygen due to physical restraint. An autopsy found Ellis had methamphetamine in his system and heart disease. Pierce County detectives were heading up the investigation and were set to present the case to the county prosecutor. But when she learned a Pierce County deputy had been on scene that night, she passed the case onto the state for a separate agency to investigate. I don't Perfect. know to what extent, uh, but I think that's enough that in the appearance of fairness and the uh, integrity of independence that uh, uh, that maybe the sheriff's department uh, you know, that maybe this should be reviewed now by the state since state review is inevitable. The whole circumstance has been remarkably difficult uh, for them to move through. Ellis family attorney James Bible says the family is glad they got what they asked for. I think that it makes sense anytime we're in a space where there is uh, a death caused by officers that okay, the stop prosecutor's it. office stop actually right relies on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basis death caused by the officer the right, court the, the medical examiner who, who is from an outside agency that's not attached to your agency said that the reason he died was due to methamphetamines and heart failure and you guys will not read that paragraph you just misread the paragraph over and over and over again to make it look like a cops killed this guy this guy was killed by methamphetamines and a bad heart and the fact that he tackled a cop and in the only video that we see, you can see him kick the cop two times while they're just trying to, they're not even throwing haymakers at this dude. I'm telling you right now, they're better than me because back in my day, when somebody tries to kick at me like that, uh, it's game on, dude. You're going to, you're getting tased right then and there. I'm just going to back up and say, kick me all day, dude. I'm going to pepper spray this whole area and I'm going to tase the shit out of you. I, I, I'd concede that the officers present may have been a contributing factor to this thing. Sure. But they're not the cause of death, and, and you're trying them like they are. And if the shoe were on the other foot, if this were a regular civilian that just put their knee on the back of some police officer who is, who is exhausted after a fight, do you think they would be indicted? No. Would they be, would they be put on trial for murder? Uh, I don't but it's just so. like the whole but, wording of this is so – it's such a misjustice. And anybody who talks about is. no justice, no peace, this is not justice. This no. is like these guys didn't commit a fucking crime that night. 
Keep no, going. They, they, they were ex- they were doing a lawful arrest. Sure. And you know, it, it's it would be um, it's similar to uh, you have somebody in your jail and you're in charge of the jail and they die. Like they're in your custody and they're in your care. I get it, but that doesn't mean you're at fault. This is like me trying to attack Tim Kennedy and Tim Kennedy like doing like a back suplex on me and then I'm paralyzed for the rest of my life. Like I know my back sucks and it's terrible and I know that I can't fight and win against Tim Kennedy. So if I choose to try to tackle Tim Kennedy and I get paralyzed, I mean is it Tim Kennedy's fault? Huh? No. <laughs> it's your back's fault. It's your back. It's like yeah, definitely hip It actually relies on on a daily basis for there to be a recusal and for the state to actually step in. I, I absolutely am glad that, that, the, that the state's going to take over and we're going to get a, a fair and impartial um, and independent investigation. And despite the change, Tacoma Mayor Victoria Woodard is not backing down from her statement last week calling for the officers to be fired and charged. Is it too early to say that the officers should be fired? We haven't we haven't seen the whole the whole case yet. I was but you was clear based on what I, I have a coroner's report that says it was homicide. Drew Mickelson, King 5 News. <laughs> yeah, but every time somebody dies and there's anybody else involved, it's always a homicide. It could yeah. be a justified homicide. Doesn't matter. It could be vehicular homicide, um, not caused by any kind of negligence. It could be just like you had a flat tire and you hit somebody. It's still homicide. So anytime somebody dies and somebody else is involved in the death, uh, it's homic- always a homicide. Does it the, mean that it's like first degree, second degree, third degree homicide could be justifiable homicide? Um, the killing of one person by another is the definition of homicide. I think yeah. that's literally the the Latin breakdown of the of the word homicide, if I'm not mistaken. I thought it was homo meaning homo. Well, gay, it could be, and then side meaning inside of another man outside. <laughs> Outside of the profession, I've always called it uh, homicide. <laughs> so what? So there is a there is a question on the table. Do y'all think that there'll ever be a day where people will see through the media agenda and push back? And I think that that's what we're seeing. That's kind of why we set this whole thing up by saying, "Look, Tucker Carlson was fired. The, everybody's getting a peek behind the curtain. We're you doing got, it. Uh, Abby's yeah, doing, it doing it to an extent. Uh, Abby's doing an amazing job, and she's and, a civilian, uh, like she, because she cares. She's trying Brandon to. Brandon Tatum's doing it." breaking barriers united are doing it like it, it's Donut. happening all over but but when it comes from cops it's one thing because everybody's going to discount the cops when you start breaking up vice media and you sp- start breaking up uh what, what's the other one eric um uh, uh buzzfeed um i think that's when they start tumbling I think that's when we're going to start making progress because, but, but, you know, by the same token, I say the, the major networks are still the same. Like if, if you, well, if no. you it, did you see 60 minutes the other night where they did a, a like a, basically a 12 minute puff piece on, uh, on Ray Epps, how, how he's now a victim of Tucker Carlson's, uh, you know, brutal attacks, uh, verbal attacks instead of taking ownership for for him being an FBI informant, if he is, or, you know, they, 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 they skimmed over so much more in the important stuff. And just like this, this affidavit, they sold you on well, as everything we've already needed to sell you on. found out that whoever owns the big ad agencies that sells ads for all these media, that's, that's who you're up against. It's the people. And if you don't think there's somebody else running ad agencies, look, go ahead and look at Bud Light. Like they took, but like, that's just the first time it's backfired, but the ad agency sent them a woke chick, uh, that, has nothing to do with the demographics of Bud Light, which is country girls, country boys, 
you know, a little bit of white trash, a little bit country. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, frat boys. Like their demographic is like very. I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I guess maybe like the woke would say it's toxic. You know, like beer pong and post Malone type stuff. You know, it's like their demographic is is definitely not like some kind of like you know romantical transvestite gay even like even kind of like rom like it would be just as dumb to put like a straight couple together in a nice restaurant like a stella artois commercial where it's like oh, i'll have a bud light like that's not your demographic but these ad agencies want that to be everywhere and for everything which is why the ad agency wouldn't promote our show just because we're pro police the whole ad agency even if the individual companies were pro police the ad I, agency I, won't run those ads because they don't like us. And that's crazy to me. And that's why Patreon is winning. That's why our super chats are the way they were. Um, that's why we're leaving. We're not leaving YouTube. I mean, we're going to keep, keep on YouTube. But the reason why we did Patreon, and I'm so, you guys, when you told, when they, when our team told me that Patreon would be more successful than YouTube, I thought they were crazy. And our YouTube isn't all that, you know, I think we're up to like 6.7 thousand subscribers on on uh, youtube but it's a significant amount of money through ads that we get through that um not as significant as our audio listenership but i mean it's still a good a good amount of money so when i thought going over to patreon i thought you guys were nuts i did not realize that our patreon would overtake our paid youtube in less than a week or less than two weeks how whatever it is um and it's because people are tired of the nonsense people don't like this whole ad agency thing in charge they don't like that um, and so Tucker Carlson had the highest ratings, second highest ratings, but had the lowest amount of money coming from ad agencies because it's the people who control the ad agencies that control the money and the money is what controls the content. But now we're taking a turn. People don't give a shit about the money because people like Tucker Carlson were, were, you know, even if they're not facts, it's what he perceives the facts to be. And it's not like some kind of robot form of content, which is why I think our show is you know, widely successful. Yeah. I think um, we should replace Tucker basically. I mean, but I, I think people are starting to learn, like we're starting to learn that it, we don't have to cater to the ad agencies anymore. We can tell the truth and the truth will set us free and we'll still make our money. And that's great. There are people out like Ghostbed that will support you through thick and thin. There are people like, um, you know, Rip Pack or, you know, outbound beef jerky that'll, do their best people like will cray and david J, who drop super chat sarah couch i mean you know sarah couch doesn't have a pot to piss in her window to throw it at and i think she super chatted us like a hundred dollars one time like i fucking felt bad Brittany um, faulkner bosco you know Brittany faulkner all these people that pay to be members and super chat. that's crazy to me it's crazy to me but what it says is is that people want the truth or they want their attempt at the truth they want a realistic attempt at the truth not everything that we say is going to be correct matter of fact i did an epstein piece on last call yesterday and i said he had been dead for four hours it's not it's two and a half hours and i'll, I'll go on the record and correct myself but i correct myself on the show but i mean but i was attempting I, I did a lot of research to be able to deliver you the truth. And I didn't mislead you. I didn't know that I was missing you. Not like in this affidavit where they know what the truth is. They know that this is bullshit, but they yeah. also know that they need to win for the agenda. They need to win for their votes. They need to win because they think that their demographic is 50% of mankind and it's not. And they're trying to make it 50%. So Sarah um, Kel says, don't worry, transy. You don't have to feel bad. 
I mean, I didn't even show you. I didn't even show you my muscles. Here you go, Sarah, for that hundred dollars. Some of that girl. <laughs> my last point is this: like, uh, if you have to cheat to win, what, what's the point of of playing? I mean, <clears throat> you know, I, I often before I got into this, you know, part like. I would often engage in social media debates because, you know, I was just going back and forth with people. And especially when it comes to a police matter, it, it seems that the black community, people from the black community always say the same thing. It, it gets down to when you start presenting facts, they say, well, you would just never understand it because you're not a black person. And that's an acceptable end to the argument or that's an acceptable end to the debate everybody wants quote a conversation but when you have a conversation that's how the conversation terminates don lemon did it live on cnn the other night like you would never he told vivek like you would never understand what you're telling me i'm a black man you will never understand what i go through so that shuts the conversation down but what it also does is it discounts the other's experiences so why, why is it acceptable for you to tell me that I will never understand your position, but it's not acceptable for me to say, well, no, my position is correct and you'll just never understand it because you've never been a cop. And it, it just it, like if, if you're going to paint with broad strokes and say cops are racist and not see the irony in painting with those same broad strokes, what, where are we at? What are we doing? Well, I'll tell you where we're at. We're going to get guys indicted and we're going to get a vacuum in the profession and it's going to make society less safe. That's where we're at. Yeah. Listen, what they want from the beginning is they want to put the pressure on cops so that cops flee. And while when cops flee, there's going to be chaos. And then when the chaos happens, the government can come in and take over. And guys, this is not, this is, this is a one party system these days. I mean, look at the whole debates. Like this isn't a democracy anymore. I mean, no. you, you, the primaries, aren't, they're not even going to debate for the primaries. Like we, the people don't get a chance to hear what other people running against the two main guys have in common. Like if you don't think that it's rigged from the from the get go, like it's crazy to think that Biden got more votes, that Biden and Trump both got more votes than Obama. I, I mean, I don't buy it either way. Um, I definitely don't think that Biden got more votes. Uh, that's crazy to me. I can get where Trump did, but um, and that's only just because of what i saw you know what i'm saying from from what i hear around around multiple towns and most multiple outlets and it's bumper stickers and whatnot but um i, I think that the conservatives uh the policies that conservatives are making and democrats that are trying to make you know a, a lot of these things are just to create dissension and chaos i mean having people what was it in florida when they passed a bill and then they all started doing the macarena or some bullshit on the floor <laughs> yeah. like are you fucking serious I like these that. people are, are running the state of Florida, these people are running our country. I don't care if the Republicans are doing it. I think those were Republicans, but like that's fucking foolish, man. It's an embarrassing and everybody needs to knock it off. And, you know, I, I'm I'm so gung ho on not going all in on this whole party system, ultra right conservative. I, I just can't do it yet. I want to. I want to be like Brandon Tatum. I love Brandon Tatum. I respect him. I love Candace Owen. I respect her. I wish I could. But I I see too many problems with a lot of that stuff, too. And um. And I just wish that we could come, you know, somewhere reasonable, you know, like the reasonableness party that's I've always spoke of. It's like, how, how do we find all these problems and then like try to reasonably fix them uh, instead of, you know, murdering I, I, people like the, the Clintons do? I think the problem is that those voices are rising. You know, um, the, the guy that you had on Patreon, I, forgive me, I, I forgot his name, but um, 
you know, the, the Blexit guy, the, the, the Candace Anthony, Owens. Anthony Thomas. Anthony Thomas. Right. Okay, so so those voices are rising, and, and they're pragmatic, and they're good human beings, and they're good souls, and that's, but they're tamped down immediately. They're, they just keep tamping them down because it doesn't fit, you know, maybe, maybe this uh, phrasing is overused, but it doesn't fit the narrative. So, and it's crazy so because like Brandon Tatum says some really nice things. Like I, I agree with hundred percent of everything that Brandon Tatum says. I really I do. I really love Brandon Tatum. Um, I, I, the, the only thing I, you know, the only thing I'm not on board with, and it's just, it's just me personally is like, I'm not going to wave a banner or a color of a political party because I don't trust either party, but I do completely respect and agree with all the values that Brandon Tatum fights for and holds dear to his heart. Those are the same values that I hold. I'm just not convinced that the Republican party. Yeah. We don't need Paul. I think that they're playing to those strings, but I don't think, you know, I think they say that those are their values. Like, and I'm talking about the politicians, not the people, but the politicians, I think they're playing to that field to try to win those folks over to vote for them. But I don't think that they're, you know, I don't think their over end goal is, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like I, they're, they're, they're preaching about not having abortions, but they're paying for abortions themselves for, you know, chicks that they knocked up while they're cheating on their own wives. So I just think far too long we've been answering to the government and it, it's never should be that way. It's the other way around. The government should be answering to us. We're, we're the ones, it's our country that, gov- you know, we just elect people to represent us. And if they're not representing us, then, then we don't necessarily have the country we think we have. Last thing, very quickly, there is a podcast out there, um, much more successful than ours, and it's called Breaking Points, and it's with Crystal and Sager. Um, and I will say they are very Democrat, but they produce good news, and they really try to find the truth, and it is very unbiased news, and it's trustworthy news, and it's real journalism. And I would love nothing more for me or Drew. Uh, or Drew or I to go on breaking points at any time because I really do feel like they could benefit from some of the discussion. I think they would appreciate it. I think that we could have a good debate. So if you would, if you're still following us and there's 56 of you in the live chats right now, um, even at the end of the show, um, I don't know if that's just paid members. Uh, it's, it's definitely just like the the paid members like in the group chat. Um, but uh, and, and because you're in the group chat, I I, I would just assume that you're you're in like you're for us please go to breaking points and leave a review and say that you heard about breaking points through failure to stop and leave a review that says you guys should have the guys from failure to stop podcast on i mean if they saw that 50 times honest to god they haven't gotten a new review because i check the reviews almost daily it's sad because they went from very high rate they both worked for cnn and they were both political um journalists but like they have the worst podcast rating they have i don't know i think they're up to like 700,000 reviews or something like that but they've got like like a 3.9 star rating a 3.8 star rating like all they got so many like one star reviews and two star reviews and it's because anytime that they talk pro right their base the democrat fan base goes and gives them bad ratings you you if you go and look at all of their one star reviews very rarely is it coming from anybody that's republican and so when you see that as a podcast team it's disheartening and it makes you not want to report real news it makes you not want to report on republican news because it's giving you bad reviews um so you know it they need to be that is a great example of, of a, a podcast that has a very large reach. They are massive. They've been on Joe Rogan a bunch of times. I mean, they're yeah. all over the place. 
but their voice is like a very, very well-educated and journalistic style voice. Just like Rogan, though, they're very pragmatic. They they tell the truth, and I think that's why they keep getting suppressed. Is uh, Sagar? I, I don't I don't remember. I know Crystal was with CNBC for a while, I think. But Sagar yeah, actually uh, was either a producer or an intern with uh, Tucker Carlson for a long time. Apparently. Right, and then uh, yeah, and, and then I did he not work for CNN as well? He may have. I, I don't know. I can't but, remember. But and I think one of them was like running for for political office of some sort. I don't know the whole thing. Actually. Here's, here's the show. The I love their show. The, the the telltale for me is you can't tell which is you can't tell which way they lean, right? Yeah, I mean. Oh, well, just, I mean they'll they'll tell you they're Democrats. Okay, fine. I mean, they, but they're, they're what I'm like, saying is they're they're spitting straight facts. They're yes, giving they, you they report, information. They report very equally. Now sometimes you can tell when Crystal um, starts to slide in her opinion, right? Like politically, she's upset, and that's awesome. Sagar is like or Sagar is is a little bit more difficult to read but together together the duo of them literally i would love to go to dinner with the two of them not even be on their show not have a picture with them not for any clout i just genuinely respect and love everything that they're doing whether i agree with their uvaldi take i did not agree with it um i thought that they got some facts wrong but i but i also know at the same time that if somebody was there to give them those right. facts that they would have investigated those facts. At least they would evaluate it. And they would have yeah. talked about what they found, good or bad. And that's what's cool about them. So if you could go to Breaking Points for us, guys, and drop us a bone. We would love to go on their show. We would love to, you know, um, at least have a chat with them at some point. And, and, um, and again, not for any kind of a clout, but just because I genuinely respect what Breaking Points is doing. And if you go over there and you leave us forever, um, that's sad. But just know, like the prodigal son, you're always welcome back. You're always, we'll always <laughs> accept you back into our house. And, um, yes. but you, if you're going to be a free thinker, you've got to be able to be well-rounded and open-minded and free think. <laughs> and, and that's just another place. I listen. A lot of my news is, is I go to them to see what their research was. And, and again, I still go and do my own research and sometimes I don't agree, but I can see where they went the extra mile and they're not just regurgitating what mainstream media said. And I really respect the shit out of that. Just like I respect Abby Ellsworth uh, from On Being a Police Officer podcast. Love her podcast. I love her company and love everything that she does for our channel. And um, I just hope that we do enough for her channel um, so that we always make it, you know, um, mutually beneficial for everyone just because we really truly appreciate her as a human being so if you want uh, a really great podcast to be entertained by in your 12-hour shift go to listen to on being a police officer it's, it's, she's not a cop and she interviews cops on being police officers and you can learn a lot from these other cops if you are a first responder but if you're a civilian you can also learn a lot too and it's not as harsh and as crass as the way i deliver it's a little bit more professional 